Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from nine, 8 o'clock, excuse me, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, both Saturday and Sunday. And we're here primarily for you. There are very little sources of information that can help you make decisions as to what you should do about your health. Drug companies don't want you to be healthy because what they sell is to treat disease. So you have to be sick to want to have their drugs or a doctor prescribe the drugs for you. Food manufacturers want to make cheap foods so they're not nutritious. They're refined, processed, and highly over-refined. Most of the things are white flour, white sugar, highly inflammatory vegetable oils. Our foods are not nutritious. Unless you decide that you want to shop primarily the perimeter of the grocery store or supermarket. There you'll find fruits, vegetables. Maybe you want to stop at the cheese case or the dairy section. Meat and seafood. But if you start getting into the center of the aisle, where all the jarred, canned, packaged, prepared, and processed foods are, while they are convenient and easy to make, doesn't take much time, and they're cheap, but you don't have the nutritional value that your body requires from those kinds of food. And we, I am absolutely convinced, and I hope that you start thinking about this, that you and I are the only ones responsible for our health and the only ones that can improve our health. You know, I just read an article the other day on cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer. Prostate cancer is the number one cancer in men. Breast cancer is number two in women. And we can change some of the risk factors that cause cancer. Cancer isn't just something that comes to the unfortunate or for those who don't believe in God or for those who have some other reasons. I mean, everybody can be a greater, higher risk of having cancer. Just because of the th- some of the things that we do on a daily basis. So there are things that we would want to avoid if we have breast or if we have a high risk of breast cancer, or even if you just want to know that you'll have a better chance of escaping a lifetime of breast cancer or prostate cancer. Number one. Lose weight. Being over fat. And what I mean by over fat, that means we have more fat than muscle. We may have a pot belly or a beer belly. We may have belly fat. We have the bulge over our belt that we can't even see the belt buckle anymore. Those fat cells aren't just, aren't just globs of fat. 
It's actually a metabolic active organ that produces inflammation and excess estrogen. So losing weight is a huge health benefit. It'll make you healthier being slim or lean or at least better fit. Smoking, drinking alcohol, eating a poor diet. These are all health risks of having cancer. So we can make changes if we choose to. I'm only giving you suggestions that you may want to choose if you feel like you want to be healthier. If you don't want to be healthier, go for it. Eat all the garbage. Enjoy all the pleasures of sugar and carbohydrates, desserts. And you may live as long as someone who takes care of themselves, but the quality of life stinks. You'll have all kinds of diseases, and you'll be on all kinds of drugs. The quality of life is terrible. But you can live with a better quality of life, with less complications, less health issues, If you decide, I want to take care of myself, I want to live longer, live better, live with a better quality of life, I don't want to end up in a nursing home where I don't know anybody. I don't even know who they are. Who are these people visiting me when when they are your own family? We can take better care of ourselves. Now, nobody cares if you know that or not, that you can actually change your health. 98% of all disease is caused by our lifestyle choices. What we choose to do every day will make a difference in the quality of health that we have. So the only reason that we're here is to point out some of these Ideas that you can adopt into your lifestyle choices to be healthier. So we're going to talk a little bit about elderberry today. And we're going to be talking about vitamin D and its effect on COVID-19 or the viral infection. And we'll talk about, are you experiencing anxiety or do you have trouble sleeping well you're not alone millions of Americans don't sleep well and are anxious and maybe this is the time when more people today are anxious because of the stress of what the world is going through and do do your children have coughs even coughs that are dry, that are not associated with a coal, but also, too, the coughs that are associated with a coal, just coughing in general. What can you do about it? And there are a hundred drugs 
100 drugs that damage your brain and memory. That is incredible. People are taking drugs believing that it's helpful and it's part of their health care program. It isn't. It's a disease program. Doctors don't treat health. They treat disease. And drug companies make drugs to treat disease. They don't make any nutritional products to make you healthy. Then we'll talk about more research on colon cancer. But again, we have so much to talk about. And that's why we're going to be here for a long, long time. Because we'll never run out of ideas and information and studies to share with you to give you a better life. All my goal is, and my passion is, is to open up your eyes and ears to some things you can do to be healthier. You may need a drug. I don't know that. And I'm not against drugs overall. I think drugs have a place in our society. But there are many natural, high-quality botanical medicines alternatives, complementaries, and nutrition, and food. Food is our best medicine. It is our only medicine. The drug therapy that we are going through today, the amount of prescriptions prescribed for individuals, and the amount of drugs that are on the market, and in America we are consuming more drugs than any other country in the world but we are the sickest country in the world based on CDC statistics and the World Health statistics. So drugs aren't the answer. And they've only been around to the extent they are today the last several decades. So how did we survive for three million years? So I will talk a bit about how to be healthier for the rest of your life. Now we're going to talk about viral illnesses. Viral illnesses is a influenza, the flu, or the common cold. They are both caused by a virus, a different type of virus, but we are inundated by viruses. And viruses also cause shingles, herpes, and some types of hepatitis, and pneumonia. They're all caused by a virus. So did you know that the virus that causes influenza can survive as long as 48 hours on stainless steel or hard plastic. Survival on cloth, paper, or tissues is about 8 to 10 hours. And you should know, antibiotics do nothing, do not work, to stop a cold or flu virus. 
Sometimes doctors prescribe antibiotics. I have no idea why. Maybe they think they're doing something for you and you will feel somewhat placated that, hey, the doctor is treating me, I'm going to get better. And maybe you will get better because of the, of the suggestion of an antibiotic. But antibiotics work on bacteria, not viruses. And cold and flu are caused by a virus. Shingles, pneumonia, hepatitis are caused by viruses. And several natural medicines, natural medicines, have a powerful effect against viruses. And one of those natural medicines is elderberry. Elderberry is a natural antiviral medication. Natural. It's a berry. It's not not man-made. It's nature-made. Made by nature. And in that berry, which is primarily grown in Austria, there's a very special species of elderberry grown in Austria that acts against viruses in two very special ways. Primarily, it neutralizes virus particles so they cannot make a home in your body. They cannot enter the host cells of your body. They can't take up residency. And secondarily, causes the immune system to be activated, to be on ready alert. The sirens are blowing because here's the alarm and all this activation of the immune system can help control the spread of a viral infection. I've said this many times before, and I'll say it again. Your immune system is a natural vaccine. It does what a vaccine does, but a vaccine is artificial, and it's man-made, and it's made by guessing, because vaccines don't always work. They're not perfect. Anywhere from 20 to 40, maybe 50% may work, may not work. And there are side effects. Take care of your immune system is the best advice I can give you. And specifically, elderberry has been found effective against influenza type A and B, herpes type 1, And here's a bonus. Elderberry has also been shown to have antibacterial activity. So it works both on bacteria and viruses. So it protects against cold and flu. 
Very, very safe. Children, infants, it's a food, it's a berry. It's highly concentrated so that you don't have to eat a bowl of berries. So it's concentrated into a freeze-dried powder. They take the berries and dry them. And then they grind them up into a powder. And there is a group of compounds called anthocyanidins that they concentrate in the berry and then they freeze-dry the berry so there's no solvents, no heat. It's like eating a raw berry. It's freeze-dried. And based on a recent study in Australia found that taking elderberry while traveling cuts the risk of colds and flu by 50%, in half. The study went on to suggest 312 passengers flying from Australia to overseas destinations in economy class, where they are all squeezed together shoulder to shoulder, half received this special variety called Hoshberg, variety of elderberry extract. So half the passengers, half of 312 passengers received the berry extract, 600 milligrams a day, and half of the passengers received a placebo. No active compound. Used to be called a sugar pill. Now they use rice bran or some other inert substance that has no metabolic biological activity. All the passengers were surveyed for cold and flu symptoms before, during, and after their flights. The elderberry group had half as many illnesses cold or flu, as the placebo group. So it cut viral infection by half, 50%. And for those in the elderberry group who did get sick, their illnesses lasted only two-thirds as long as the placebo group, and their symptoms were not as severe. So you can stop viral infections with elderberry. So along with cold and flu, you have to also consider upper respiratory tract infections, bronchitis, pneumonia, and elderberry, being very safe, can be used anytime, can be taken daily, especially as a preventative during the cold and flu season. We are quickly approaching the winter months. Why do we get a cold or a flu in the winter months? We're under more stress. Cold weather is very stressful. 
We tend to eat more heavy foods in winter, more carbohydrates and sugar. We tend to gain weight in the winter months. We don't get enough sunshine in the winter months. So we need to take things like elderberry to maintain good health daily. Winter months, summer months, I take it every day. I take about 600 milligrams daily, but I take it with a combination of vitamin A, C, D, zinc, calcium, magnesium, and the bioflavonoids from citrus along with the vitamin C. So I take 300 milligrams twice a day. You make 600 milligrams, and that was the ideal dosage. That was the result of the test done with the air travelers. So this can stop infections, and if not entirely, it reduces the severity and the duration of the cold, flu, or viral infection. Sometimes if I feel like I was going to come down with something, no, we're all susceptible. And we all have a lot of stress. We're doing, you know, we're doing, doing too much. Sometimes our immune system gets a little bit weak. Then what I'll do is I'll take that 300 milligram dosage of elderberry with vitamins A, C, D, zinc, selenium, all these nutrients And I might do that four or five times a day for two or three days to really boost up my immune system, to strengthen my immune system. Then I cut it back to maybe twice a day. Elderberry is for your immune system, for blocking the uptake of the virus into the Host, and you are the host cells. Now, there are some other ways to stop a virus. So, we have many options. So, another option for reducing viral infection is a high dose of vitamin D3. Supplemental vitamin D. This is the study. 1,200, 1,200, 1,200 I use daily in school children helped reduce the incidence of type A flu by 8%. But looking at children who had no vitamin D3 prior to the study, the risk of infection was reduced by 60%. And this is a low dosage. Even an infant at one day old could easily consume 1,000 milligrams of D3 daily. And older children, 
even still maybe infants, two or three thousand I use daily. So vitamin D3. You may have seen a lot of D3 news recently in the media. It is one of the most powerful antivirals and has anywhere from 20 or 30 other distinct treatments for other indications. It is a powerful, in fact, it's not a vitamin. It's a pro-hormone. It was missed catalog when it was discovered to be used. They thought it was a vitamin. It's a hormone. And it's made originally by the sun activating the cholesterol. That's why we need cholesterol because without cholesterol we can't make vitamin D3. So vitamin D3 is produced between a chemical reaction of the sun radiating on the cholesterol underneath the skin. So people that have a lot of fat, they're over fat, they're obese, fat cells don't convert the cholesterol into vitamin D3. People that have very dark skin, the black community, Hispanic community, they tend to have very low levels of vitamin D3. I saw one report that 95% of all African American communities had no vitamin D. Very little vitamin D. So, with dark skin, and I pray you lose weight, but if you don't, Vitamin D3 should be done by supplementation. Now another one that I like for viral infection. Well, I better hold this. I see that I'm almost running out of time for this segment of the program. And I need to take a break. So we talked about elderberry for your immune system. We talked about vitamin D3. Do you need both? Well, I know I do. So I take both for sure because there is vitamin D3 in my combination I like. Vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, calcium, magnesium, all these good things are all wrapped up into my special formula that I love to take to improve my immune system and stop the viral infection. So I'll take a pause right here. I'll come back in just a moment. Don't go away. This is Terry Naturally, and this is Terry Talks Nutrition. And welcome back, my friends. This is Terry Naturally with our second segment of the program, Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here to the top of the hour. We're talking about viral infections and what you can do to stop the virus, to block the virus. We have viruses in our body all the time. And some are mild, like the common flu or a cold, and we can, you know, we can be miserable for a week or two, or we can use things like vitamin D3 
elderberry that can reduce the severity of the outbreak of the virus and reduce its duration. So we may have a cold or flu for two or three days. If it is not supported with natural medicines like elderberry and vitamin D3 and some of the others which I will mention, they may last for seven to ten days. The other one that I like a lot is propolis. P-R-O-P-O-L-I-S. Propolis. Propolis is a substance that the bees use to block contamination of the hive or the colony. Actually, the bees collect it from trees and shrubs and buds, flowers, any vegetation. They collect a group of compounds, the sap and the resins of plant life. And they bring it into their hive and mix it with beeswax. That makes it into a putty or a glue. And then they use it to seal up all the cracks and crevices of the hive to prevent any viral or bacterial contamination of the hive that would kill off all the colony. And I like this one a lot because kids get really, really good benefits from propolis. Very safe. There's no connection to the bee, so there's no allergy. And if you get a really good high-quality propolis, all the wax and resins that are not digestible are removed through a process that does not use chemicals or solvents, and all the bee particles are removed. So it's just a powder, and it's primarily put into a capsule, and the best concentration is like 200 milligrams of concentrated propolis daily or more. Very, very safe. You can take 200 milligrams two or three times a day if you wish, But normally about 200 milligrams for viral outbreaks. And propolis has been studied quite excessively and extensively against a drug that is prescribed for herpes. Acyclovir. Acyclovir is a drug by Glasgow and Pfizer that is prescribed for genital herpes. Herpes 2. In a study of propolis and acyclovir, 400 patients were divided in half. Half got the acyclovir and the propolis was prescribed to the other half. So 200 people got acyclovir 200 people got propolis. At the end of the study, propolis was much, much more effective than the acyclovir. And the acyclovir was a 5% drug. And the propolis is only 0.5%. Very, very small dosage. 
You don't need a lot of propolis to be effective. Extremely effective for viral infection, herpes, shingles, uh, herpes both one and two. And I like it because the research shows that it is extremely effective for children's ear infection. Now, if the child has ear infection, please see your doctor. You want to make sure that you don't make any um, suggestions for your children without the approval of your physician. But there are good studies that show that propolis is extremely effective for children of all ages, from the tiniest to the oldest. Very, very effective. About 200 milligrams a day for adults for upper respiratory tract infections, uh, colon flu, herpes. Very, very effective. So as we talked about vitamin D as a antiviral and for the immune system, let's talk about it being more specific for COVID-19, for the viral infection that is being the worst that we've had in the, in the world. So here's some of the research. This research is available. I'm not making it up. It's available on PubMed, one of the scientific websites. And researchers looked at 489 patients, almost 500 patients, and they found that low levels of vitamin D, low levels, doubles the risk of contracting COVID-19 or otherwise the viral infection that we see so many cases in the United States. These 500 patients, or slightly under, 489, who had their vitamin D levels measured within a year before being tested for COVID-19. And the result of this study, patients who had vitamin D deficiency, that means low levels of vitamin D, on their previous test, and were still vitamin D deficient, were twice as likely to test positive for COVID-19 as patients with sufficient vitamin D levels. The authors of this study noted that vitamin D deficiency has been previously linked to other viral respiratory infections as well, And vitamin D deficiency is extremely common, especially in the elderly. They are not out in the sunshine. Most people in the United States are not in the sunshine. And half of America is fat, obese, and 91% of America is overweight, over fat, which does not help convert vitamin D3 into the biologically active form. So we have a vitamin D deficiency very common in the United States. 
Do your children get vitamin D? Everyone, I believe, should be on a vitamin D supplement. And you can have your vitamin D level tested by your doctor if you choose to. Or go to a laboratory called Z, like zebra, Z-R-T, and you can do a blood spot test for vitamin D levels. The level should be between 50 and 80. Better to have it around 60 or 70, but it is a good level when it's between 50 nanograms to 80 nanograms. So the older people do not convert to the biologically active form. We spend little time outdoors. And if you're obese, which 50% of America is, and if you're overweight, like 91% of America is, you don't convert vitamin D. And vitamin D, let me tell you, is extremely important. Extremely. Everybody, man, woman, child, infant, should be on vitamin D3. There's drops for kids, drops for infants, there's Chewable tablets, there's capsules, there's soft gels, but vitamin D is, I would say, extremely important. Well, who is not anxious, right? This is a a troubled time. This is one of the strangest years I have ever seen. Everything seems to be going in the wrong direction. So everybody is probably experiencing some anxiety, some trouble sleeping, and that covers a lot of the population of America. So mood and sleep products are in huge demand. I go to a website called Spin and look at the sales data from this year's from this year that shows that natural products that are sold for mood and sleep are at the highest demand ever. Sales for these products are up as much as 40 to 50 and several up to 100% over the last few years. And hot right now are herbal products that are called adaptogens. Adaptogens create balance in our body, builds resistance within our body, and gives us energy and reduces stress and helps us sleep. It helps reset the body and negate the negative effects of stress. Stress is a killer. So, you can get two for one 
with the adaptogen called red ginseng. Two benefits out of one product with red ginseng. In a clinical study, taking red ginseng significantly increased sleep time and improved the time spent in the restorative stages of sleep. Spent more time in the critical hours of sleep where the body is restored and recovers the healing process. And in a six-week clinical trial, in people with high stress levels, use of the red ginseng was associated with an almost 50% reduction in stress and anxiety levels. Both red ginseng can help correct insomnia and reduce stress. A very small dosage of a high quality red ginseng usually about 200 milligrams once or twice daily. And in most cases 200 milligrams is more than enough of a very high quality red ginseng that is hydroponically grown without chemicals or sprays, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. Ginseng requires six years of growth. Six years. If you're going to farm ginseng, it takes almost six years to get a really good quality root. And they have to spray spray it every year to reduce pests, fungus, and all the other contaminants. So it's highly sprayed with pesticides and chemicals. Some ginseng that's grown in the United States cannot be sold in the United States because it exceeds the pesticide levels. So a majority of that is shipped to the Orient, to China. But with the hydroponically grown red ginseng, so I would look for that. Make sure the hydroponically red ginseng is grown in water and within one year it contains the active biologically compounds of ginseng called jacinocytes. It's high level that was found in a 20-year-old wild ginseng. It's remarkable. And by it being hydroponically grown, there's no need for chemicals or sprays. Very safe, very high quality red ginseng. It has a lot of other benefits as well. If you're not having the libido level that you would like, you are not actively 
performing well sexually. Red ginseng has also superior benefits for improving libido and sexual enhancement. So treating kids with cough is a very interesting trial. This was done in Germany. Many of these natural herbs originally began in Germany because doctors prescribe many alternative medicines before drugs. For example, for depression. In Germany, they prescribe St. John's wort for depression. And they prescribe, doctors, doctors prescribe more St. John's wort for depression than all the other antidepressant drugs combined. So there's a big emphasis on finding natural medicines for their health care. And here's one that stops coughing. It's called ivy extract. English ivy. The ivy that you may see climbing up over the house and it seems like it'll never stop. It just keeps growing. Ivy. I-V-Y. A clinical trial of over 5,000 children ages 2 to 12 to test the effects of an ivy leaf extract that would treat cough. The result of that study, 71% of the children had intense coughing fits. 50% were coughing several times an hour and 61% had problems with coughs at night. So the results of that study, after using IV extract for from 7 to 14 days, either in tablet form or liquid form. Children with coughing caused by viral respiratory infection, upper respiratory tract infection, pneumonia, bronchitis, Children with coughing saw their coughing frequency decline by 50% and coughing at night stopped almost entirely. Children with cough associated with bronchitis had a 30% reduction in coughing intensity and also a near elimination of coughing at night. And you know, you always get a bonus, always with natural products. No side effects. No adverse events. If you give your children Tylenol, baby Tylenol, liquid Tylenol, that's a dangerous drug. 16,000 people die from using Tylenol. It's the number one cause of liver failure in the United States. Drugs have major side effects. They may often work, 
but they always bring a set of adverse events or side effects. IV extract has no side effects. Now, here is a sad state. 100 drugs that will damage your brain. Maybe that's why we have Alzheimer's disease. It stops your memory. So here is the class of drugs. They're called anticholinergic drugs. You should avoid these kinds of drugs to preserve your memory and your brain function. This is all based on research, all based on scientific studies. But doctors don't tell you that. And you don't sometimes take the time to read the leaflet about all the side effects. Researchers continue to warn that a common class of drugs, anti-collagenics, increase the risk of developing thinking and memory. There are over 100 different types of these drugs used to treat everything from allergies to high blood pressure. The latest study reports that patients with no previous cognitive issues, no memory problems, no thinking problems, no cognitive issues, were 47% more likely to develop a mental impairment if they were to use at least one just one anticholinergic drug. The study included 688 people with an average age of 74 who had no problem thinking or memory when the study started. Over 30% were taking some sort of anticholinergic drug. And the average patient was taking four or five of these drugs. Ten years later, 51% of those taking these drugs, anticholinergic drugs, had developed memory problems, translating to a 47% increase in risk associated with these drugs. It was even worse for people with genetic risk factors such as Alzheimer's disease. They were two to four times more likely to experience memory problems associated with anticholinergics than people without genetic biomarkers. The most common anticholinergic drugs you may encounter. What are they? All these drugs work by blocking a natural compound in the brain called acetylcholine. Acetylcholine is a neurotransmitter in the brain. That's what communicates between your cells in your brain to think, to remember, to function, to learn. We're creating a, a sad population of Americans who are drug by the drug companies. 
for money. These affects multiple organs and body systems, including digestion, urinary tract, lungs, and muscle control. These are antihistamines for allergies that is also used in sleep medications because it causes drowsiness. What are they? Benadryl, Tylenol PM, Advil PM, Samonex, Unisom, Robitussin, and many, many more. Patients aged 70 and older are given these anticholinergic drugs as a sleep aid had a 70% increased risk of mental changes including slurred speech, disorganized speech, and problems with focus and attention and clarity. We are destroying the brain of America. Folks, you may need a drug but you may question your doctor as to the need of that drug. How badly do you need that drug? Is it going to save your life? Or could you find a natural alternative that could replace that drug? So if you're taking any one of these drugs, you are increasing your risk of damaging your brain reducing the level of acetylcholine, the natural neurotransmitter in your brain, and you're heading your way to several forms of dementia and possibly Alzheimer's disease. Well, on that note, my friends, I'm out of time. So I'll be running along. But remember, you control the level of your health. You are the only one that can improve your health or destroy your health by the choices you make. Please make better choices. It's your health, but make better choices. And with that, until tomorrow at 8 o'clock on Sunday, say a prayer for this crazy, crazy world. Insane and insane. And God bless you. And God bless America.